Good afternoon, Crossroads Connect Group leaders. Man, I hope you all are doing well. Today is Friday, September 24th, 2021, and we are going to cover week two of Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. I hope that you guys all enjoyed week one. Uh, I don't know about you, but I lead a couple different groups, and for me, by the time I, I, I went through the lesson a couple of times, um, the more and more I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and and loved loved the fact that that God was kind of doing something with me uh, through it, and so I hope that you guys are having similar experiences. Um, to take a look at the twenty third Psalm in this manner uh, has kind of opened my eyes to see things differently as I read other texts as well. And so uh, I hope hope everybody's experiencing the same thing. Uh, I know for for me and my groups in particular, um, this was a, a, a much needed shot in the arm. Uh, for uh, for our people, and I hope that it continues that. I will tell you, as we get to the latter weeks of this study, um, it, it's really going to get into some really good stuff that that I truly believe that that you guys will look back and, and really do will say that this is this is probably one of the best studies we've ever done. So, uh, with that being said, I hope that uh, this has been good for you. Uh, I'd love to hear some feedback. Uh, I'd love to have you email me. Hey, this is what we're experiencing. This is this is good. This is bad. Uh, change this or change that. I love feedback like that. So, if you could uh, shoot me an email at family at crossroadschristian.org, and I'd love to kind of hear what you guys think. You can always text me too. My number is accessible eight one seven three zero eight two one eight six. Again, that's eight one seven three zero eight two one eight six. Um, and again, shoot me a text message, shoot me an email, uh, whichever one of those is best. And, uh, I'd love to hear about your feedback. So let's just kind of jump in same format as last week. It'll be like this every week, unless we change it. Uh, if that's the case, I will certainly let you guys know on the podcast, but there'll always be a getting started section. Uh, and it looks a little differently than what we had previously when we were doing sermon based studies, but, uh, this getting started kind of gets you looking at the root of what he's going to talk about in his videos. Uh, question number one says your enemy can be very much like an unwanted guest seeking to disrupt your time with the one who matters most. How do most people respond to an uninvited guest showing up at their door? This is kind of a fun question. Uh, everybody kind of does that differently. Uh, some people uh, will answer. Others, others will pretend that they're not at home. Uh, and some people will do their best to answer and just try to end the conversation really, really quickly. Uh, I don't know where you fall into all that, but have some fun with that conversation. Maybe talk about some funny experiences you've had, uh, whether it's with the Jehovah's Witness knocking on the door or, you know, oftentimes Mormon missionaries show up unannounced. Uh, people like that uh, tend to um, give us one of those responses or even a, even a salesman, door-to-door uh, -door salesman often tend to give us uh, interesting responses to uh, the uninvited guests showing up at our door. Okay, have fun with that. That's a fun light question. Question number two says, read Luke chapter four, one through 13. As you read this passage, was there anything that surprised you about the interaction between Jesus and Satan? The follow-up question to that is, what tactics did Satan try to use against Jesus and why do you think he chose that approach? So this is essentially the one of the, one of the recordings of Jesus being tempted in the desert. Uh, and we'll look at a different one next week, but but this week we're looking at Luke chapter four, and uh, you'll you'll kind of read through that, read the text, and and really just talk about what his tactics were. 
Um, Satan, first of all, appealed to Jesus' flesh by using his hunger against him. Secondly, he tried to get Jesus to worship him, worship him by enticing him with things. And finally, in that passage, Satan distorted God's word to try to use it against Jesus. That, that was how he, he, he went after uh, Jesus at that moment. Okay. Uh, the the follow up question is that was what what was um, how did Jesus respond to that, and then what are the implications for us? Well, it was clear every time Satan came after him, Jesus responded him to him with the truth from God's word, and that's how he overcame his temptation. Every time we face something like that, that should be our response too. So that's the implication for us. The implication for us is the same power that Jesus had to 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 turn away from, from temptation, we have the absolute same power as Jesus did. Uh, and we have, we have, we have the God's word in our hands uh, to help us overcome those uh, temptations and tactics from the evil, evil one. Okay? So you'll kind of talk through that, those two questions. Uh, spend as much time on that as you want. Once you're done with those two questions, you're going to play the video. Watch the, uh, watch the video. It's like 22 minutes long this week. And, um, once you've watched it, come back for further discussion, and then you'll kind of dig in uh, to the meat of kind of what he talked about in, a, in this teaching session. Uh, digging deeper, number one, um, says we cannot stop the enemy from prowling around trying to devour us, 1 Peter 5.8. Uh, you don't necessarily have to read that as a group, but just know that that's, that's what, the, what the Word of God says. Uh, what are some ways we have experienced the enemy trying to sit at our table? Everybody's going to have a different response to that. Uh, I think that's very, very specific to each individual. So I didn't give an answer to that one. But the second part of that question is, what are some of the lies he plants in our thinking to undermine our faith, our joy, and our peace? Uh, and a couple of things that came to my mind as I was reading through that and thinking about that was, number one, sometimes we, we believe the lie that we just aren't good enough. Sometimes we believe the lie that we're too good, like the pride sets in. Um, and that often undermines our faith, our joy, and our peace. Uh, the proper posture would be to realize that we are weak and he is strong. And so when we have weaknesses in our life, we understand that and that we rely upon God's strength and God's, God's strengths uh, to uh, help us get through uh, one season or another. Another lie that we tend to, tend to believe is that God doesn't care about us. We'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit, but that's, that's, that's another one. Uh, this is especially true when we are going through uh, difficult times of difficulty and hardship. Uh, it's easy just to kind of believe the lie that Satan throws at us. But one final lie is to think that that our sinful behavior is not really that big of a deal. And Satan's really good about about making us think that. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, just because you told a lie here, that's really not that big of a deal. And what we do know about Satan is that one lie turns into a bigger lie and a bigger lie and a bigger lie. Or one sin turns into bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's important to realize those things. Um, and in the end, uh, obviously Satan is, is trying to undermine all the things that we experience in life that God has for us that are good. Okay, Our faith, our joy, and our peace. Uh, jump down to question number three. Uh, again, I think question number two is specific. Um, to each individual, so I didn't I didn't put, put a response into that. I'll let you guys have some discussion around those questions. Number three says, do you ever feel powerless when you try to make changes in your life? 
How's the enemy use those attempts and failures to make you feel like you'll never change? In other words, um, I, as I thought through that question, I thought about, you know, maybe maybe times when we're, we're trying to do something new or learn something new and we just keep hitting roadblocks that keep us from doing that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's oh man, I, I start the new year off and I want to go work out and lose weight. And, and before you know it, you're, you're doing all the things that you know you shouldn't be doing that are keeping you from accomplishing those goals. If you're honest, and I think if I'm being honest, like I, I do feel powerless at times at that. Uh, and it, it makes me realize uh, how, how quickly sin and addictions and, and all those sort of things can kind of take a hold of us. Okay? Um, but how does that negative, negative thinking or negativity affect our identity uh, and our self-worth. Um, negative thinking tends to keep us in a, in a rhythm of poor choices, period. Uh, I think when we get in this, this place of being negative about things in life, what that will lead to is poor choices, plain and simple. Our identity and our self-worth are impacted because we will carry around the guilt and the shame that goes along with negative thinking. And then we also tend to blame uh, ourselves for things that sometimes might not be our fault. Um, I, I pick on my daughter a lot of times. Uh, she'll apologize for everything. And I get onto her and say, well, what are you apologizing for? You know, she just looks at me. But the reality is uh, we don't need to take blame uh, for things that weren't our fault or we had no control over. Okay? Let the people who need to own those own those. Uh, but negative thinking and, and bad self-worth and identity will always uh, affect us in that way. Uh, question number four. Uh, this will be an opportunity for you guys to get into God's word a little bit. Uh, Satan says, Satan often comes, comes at us in the form of a lie or deception. Read the following verses and describe the truth in each verse and the lie that it overcomes. And so Deuteronomy 7, 6. I'll just go through a couple of these. Deuteronomy 7, 6. The truth there is that we are God's treasure the lie that it overcomes is the lie that I'm worthless. Okay, you should get the point. It's pretty pretty simple here. First Peter five seven. The truth is God cares about you and is with you. The lie that it overcomes is I am alone and no one cares. You get the picture. So go through some of those. Um, those are some of the ones you might want to might want to highlight in your Bible, uh, memorize all those sort of things. Prior to the application, there's two questions this week, just like last week. Uh, what's the greatest challenge in your life when it comes to refusing to give the enemy a seat at your table? Um, that's going to be different for everybody, uh, but I do believe we all have a challenge with that. Okay, so talk about some of those things. Let everybody. If I was you, I'd go around the room, let everybody talk. Uh, number two, uh, what's what scripture will help you this week as the enemy tries to interfere with your plans and attempts to make uh, make his way to your table? So uh, he talked about last week, and he'll talk a again this week, that, that there is a table for two. Uh, and, and one of the best ways that we don't allow the enemy to sit with us is we need to take our seat. He said that last week. The end of last week's lesson is to take your seat at the table with the Almighty. Don't just be driving through, but literally take your seat. And so um, there's verses, you know, just like we, we, we see Jesus respond to Satan and his tactics in Luke chapter 4. Uh, what are your verses? What are the verses that stand out to you that are your go-tos? Okay, we're going to talk about that as the weeks to, on the, as the weeks to go by as well. 
that it's important for us to have verses from Scripture, from God's Word, so that we can make sure that we know what's right and what's wrong. Okay? Um, take your time. Do your prayer requests. Hopefully you're doing that every week. I think that's an important time. Uh, and um, and you're, you're going you're gonna to love, you're gonna love as we get into these later weeks. Lesson 3, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, I think I think could have the really really opportunity to really transform some lives and uh, help people move move down the down the road uh, in their discipleship uh, because I think God could do something really special with those teaching segments. So I hope you're reading your book. Um, next week you're going to cover chapter the uh, excuse me the 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 following time we get together uh, is chapter five and six. Um, so you'll actually have an extra week to kind of get caught back up because of first Wednesdays, um, that'll be coming up here very soon. And, uh, you'll want to make sure that you're a part of that and encourage your group to be a part of it. Um, again, the, the first Wednesdays will happen on October 6th will be our very first one. So this next week we'll all meet as, as connect groups, uh, starting on Sunday, 26th through uh, the 3rd. Uh, but then uh, starting starting the week of the third, there'll be no connect group meetings that week. Um, our meetings will will bump to the following week. We'll cover chapter, uh, excuse me, lesson three the following week after first Wednesday. But really encourage your group to come. I also want to encourage you guys. We've got a great opportunity coming up uh, with the marriage conference with Ted Cunningham. Get your tickets. I don't care what age or stage you are. If you are married or in a significant relationship, you are going to want to be a part of this. Ted Cunningham is funny. He's he's practical. He's biblical. He's all the above. And I promise you, this is going to be a night that you'll never, never forget. And you'll be glad that you were a part of it. Uh, I'm excited about him coming. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, experience that with my wife. And... Um, uh, encourage us and hopefully it'll encourage you too. I don't care if you've been married for 50 years, this could still be a great night for you. So, um, but once again, if you have any questions or feedback, shoot me an email, shoot me a call. Uh, I'd love to, love to connect with you and visit with you. Uh, I'm here for you. Any, anything I can do for you. But, uh, uh, after this week, uh, our groups won't meet again until the week of October 10th. Okay. And remember first Wednesdays, we want to get as many people there as we can. We want you guys to be a part of that too. So God bless you all. Have a great, great weekend. And uh, look forward to seeing you at church on Sunday. God bless you.